This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Health One. The Emergency Medical Minute in CarePoint hosted a panel with 10 speakers on a wide variety of topics. This is Dr. Rachel Brady talking about the subtleties of elderly trauma. All right. So first of all, why do we care about elderly trauma? The first is that elderly trauma patients experience a higher mortality than their younger counterparts, regardless of the mechanism. In fact, the most common mechanism of elderly trauma is low risk or low, um, low speed injuries. So falls, rear end MVCs, you know, nothing too major. I did this presentation and then went home and I told my father that I now have research-based evidence to suggest that he's older or sit elderly because all these research studies quantify elderly people as older than 65. So, so <laughs> congratulations. Um, and then um, studies show that improved outcomes when elderly patients are taken to trauma centers versus not trauma centers or freestanding ERs. And uh, one-third of elderly trauma patients with an injury severity score greater than 15 are expected to die. So it's a pretty, and it, it all comes from falls. So one of the major trauma problems with elderly trauma is we under-triage them. Um, we don't call trauma team activations on them for the same injury severity scores in the long run. This all, again, falls down to their usual lower mechanism of trauma from the falls and the rear end MVCs. Um, and then they have a decreased psych or physiologic response to trauma. You know, because they're older, they have, you know, just a slower compensation rate, their heart rate responds slower, their blood pressure responds slower, and then they're on medications that complicate this. And then so we need to remember that normal vital signs in elderly people aren't normal vital signs in the terms of like they could have a big bleed and their heart rate could still be 60 because they're on metropolol. So head injury is one of the biggest issues with it. Um, as you get older, your risk of a head injury from a fall increases. Um, as you, what is it? It's like once you're over 65, your risk of a fall in any given year is increased by 27%. So, and then TBIs from are the most common types of fall injuries, and that encompasses everything from concussions to major bleeds. Three quarters of head injuries result in hospitalization. Again, falls and MVAs are the big ones. So what do we do? We should just image them, right? If you look at the decision tools, especially Canadian head CT, or as we get into the neck nexus, they exclude people who are older than 65, so you can't use those. And then their examination can be unreliable. They're demented. They can't tell you if they fell and hit their head. They don't know. They've got the increase, you know, as you're older, your brain gets smaller. You have a 30% volume decrease in your brain from the age 30 to 70. So that means you have more space for your blood to accumulate. Your bridging veins are weaker, so you have an increased risk of bleeding. And then most importantly is anticoagulation. Most studies estimate that about 10 to 15% of our elderly patients are on some sort of anticoagulation. And then there's a rate of, uh, the rate of intracranial hemorrhage in asymptomatic head injury patients on warfarin can approach 15% based on the studies. Another common injury with elderly patients is the C-spine injury. Again, uh, this is, they're all excluded based on their age and most of the um, decision tools. 
High cervical fractures, specifically the type two odontoid fractures, are the most common, and that's the type where the dens breaks off at the base. This is a highly unstable injury. And then central cord syndrome is something else we need to think about. It's from the hyperextension and hitting your chin as you fall. It causes more proximal muscle weakness in the arms, and then their legs are okay and, and steady. Rib fractures are the most common chest injury sustained by elderly people. They have an increased risk of complication. Mortality increases by 19% for each rib fracture in patients over um, 65 if there's more than two. And then um, with the rib fractures, they have the decreased functional residual capacity, which leads to complications like pneumonia, intubation. They, they have an increase of almost one extra ventilator day. They spend up to two days extra in the ICU, and then they spend up to five more days inpatient. And then pneumonia is one of the big causes as well, and that's up to 31%. And then musculoskeletal injuries, also very common in falls. The most common is spine and hips, followed by ribs and humerus, and then distal radius and ulna. I think Susan got all of those for us, though. Um, if you're over the age of 45, you're more likely to die from complications of your pelvic fracture um, than younger patients. And then imaging complications as you get older, secondary to osteoporosis, leading to poor imaging studies. So if you have an elderly person who has hip pain and can't walk and their x-rays are negative, you should proceed to a CT and if they still can't walk, make sure we get an MRI before we discharge them. They still can't walk, admit. I mean, what do we take out of this? Old people break, man. Image everything. I, you know, I think we just need to have a lower threshold to image them. I, you know, it's not like the 16-year-old who hit their head and they're normal. Let's just scan them. And then I think the other important thing is we need to think about the goals of care. What do they want? Is this someone who fell and bumped their head and they would want surgery um, or not? I mean, I thought this was pretty enlightening that 60% of elderly trauma patients are discharged to a facility rather than home. Any questions? Yes. I always find, this is sort of elderly, but also others, neck injury, CT negative, still with pain, do we have fallouts where we should have done an MRI or sent them home in a collar? Because I think when you listen to the... Is that... If you enjoy the Emergency Medical Minute, please help us out by rating us on iTunes. For more free medical education, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Make a donation and subscribe to our newsletter at emergencymedicalminute.com.